0: Quick disclaimer, we're back in Greek myth, so there's just sort of a blanket, violence, and some sexual assault this week. Nothing too graphic, but it is there. Please check out the post on MythPodcast.com for more info. This week on Myths and Legends, we're telling the stories of Athena from Greek myth. We'll see the benefits of bribery, as long as you're not offering to turn someone into a crime-fighting Socrates, and how you should be careful when giving pet snakes to children, especially when that pet snake is your adopted son. The creature this week is Hyena Man who might sound like a third-tier DC Comics villain, and he is, but he's also a monster from Molly, who makes the werewolf look fun and chill. This is Myths and Legends, Episode 346, Friends in Need. This is a podcast where we tell stories from mythology and folklore. Some are incredibly popular stories you might think you know, but with surprising origins. Others are stories that might be new to you, but are definitely worth a listen. We're going through the stories of the Olympians from Greek mythology. We've covered Hermes, Hephaestus, Aphrodite, Apollo, and Artemis. And now we're on to Athena, daughter-ish of Zeus, and goddess of wisdom, warfare, and crafts. We'll jump in at the end of the story with Athena reconnecting with an old friend. A while after she helped him get home. Hey, Odysseus, Odysseus heard while he was out tilling the fields. He froze and then bolted. Nope, 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 nope. Thirty paces later, his head clanged on Athena's armor. I don't know what it is, I don't know what you want me to do, but I can't. I can't go back. Odysseus said. He told her no offense, but seeing her was very triggering. Athena said sorry that she was the one to help him out all those times on his 10-year journey home, his odyssey. Odysseus said it wasn't that, thanks, by the way, but she could see how her appearing out of nowhere might remind him of the profound trauma of the last 20 years, right? Athena said that she was the goddess of wisdom, so what he said made sense, but this wasn't a work thing. Tennyson poem notwithstanding, his story was done. She wanted to see if he wanted to hang out? Odysseus was very careful with his facial expressions. He was good like that, but okay, a goddess wanting to hang out? Like, like friends? Odysseus ventured. Well, we are friends, right? Athena asked. She said that Apollo had Hermes, Dionysus had Hephaestus, Artemis had her nymphs. Athena had always thought of Odysseus as a friend. The only one wise enough to really get her. That's why she went to so much trouble for him to not die all those times. Odysseus could take the hint. Not just that he owed Athena, but that Athena needed a friend. He took a seat and busted out his wineskin. She want a drink? The pair got to talking, and Athena asked if Odysseus had ever been to Athens. She would have to take him some time. She was kind of a big deal there. Odysseus said he thought he had probably been to Athens at some point. He had been to a lot of places. Too many places, really. Athens, though. He'd been meaning to ask her. That had something to do with her, right? I mean, obviously, but what's the deal with that? First king of what would be known as Athens, slithered back and forth on the hill that stood in the middle of the city. There, in the distance, two beings sprinted toward him. It was like the first round of Risk. It was a territory grab. The war between the Titans and the Olympians, between parents and children, was over. The children won. Now they were claiming the cities that would worship them. Cacrops' city might not be the first, but it was the biggest prize and he had two beings racing for the Acropolis. In a flash, Zeus, Hera, Apollo, Artemis, Aphrodite, and the others landed on the Acropolis. Zeus told Kecrops that they, the ten other Olympians, were claiming cities. He did not have to do anything. They would rule on the winner. They might take his input as king, but he had no need to worry. This was in their hands. Apollo looked over. Why was this guy half snake? I don't know, Zeus said. He's half Greek and half barbarian. That's the prevailing thought. I'm, I'm completely Greek, Kekrop said. I'm the most Greek. I literally sprang from the ground, from Greece. Okay, the adults are talking. Thanks, Zeus said and pointed. All right, they were getting close. It was neck and neck, the race to the Acropolis, when Poseidon stopped. He stopped and he flung his trident, piercing the center of the Acropolis. Athena, confused, jogged the peak. When she made it, she dug a hole in the dirt and stone and dropped in a solitary seed. Poseidon pumped his fists, screaming out that he won when he made it to the top of the Acropolis. No, you didn't? Athena said. Poseidon said, Yeah, huh, did too. He struck the Acropolis first. That was his gift to the people a large saltwater spring. And he wasn't wrong a saltwater spring bubbled from the Acropolis, already turning into a waterfall, making a small lake. That spring will turn into a sea. and You can name it after yourself if you want. Poseidon winked at the king of the city, sweetening the salty, salty pot. Well, as the one who actually made it here first, I'm gifting the people an olive tree, Athena said, explaining what an olive and a tree was, as at least one of those were unknown at this time. Both Athena and Poseidon looked to the other Olympians. The Olympians looked to Kekrops. Well? Kekrops' eyes widened and his snake tail quivered. Uh, what? He thought he was just here for, like, to observe or witness. Zeus pulled him aside. Yeah, turned out this was all on him now. He understood that the sitch with the Olympians was always balanced on a knife's edge, and things could erupt into a world-spanning war at any moment. So. Choose correctly, but choose Athena, for real. A saltwater spring is a terrible, terrible gift. Like, is that what this planet needs? More ocean? Go with the olive tree. But your choice, but go with the olive tree. Kekrops did. He said, as appealing as a saltwater spring was, he needed to go with the olive tree. Athena. He chose Athena. Poseidon said he would be sorry. He would see... Because of this ruling, Athens would forever have a water shortage. I'm not sure how accurate that last bit is, but I did find that written somewhere, and it's true that Athens struggles with water scarcity to this day. Poseidon wanted to stand there yelling threats, but Zeus declared that the next city, future Argos, would be up for grabs. And Poseidon made a mad dash for that one. I, as we got into it, I feel like you've told that story before, Odysseus said, back on Ithaca. like in episode 109 home. Okay, well this is a much more detailed account, so maybe chill out. Athena said, taking the wine skin on offer. Oh, speaking of baths, Athena said. Who who was speaking of baths? Odysseus took his skin back. Water, whatever. Are you always like this? Only with non-sequiturs. Odysseus drank, but whatever. She clearly wanted to talk about a bath story, so All right, let's get into it. That will be all, Medusa. You can return to the temple now, Athena smiled, looking at the beautiful young woman. Medusa pinned her human hair back and nodded at Athena. She had scouted out the area and prepared everything. Athena was sure she would be all right. Wait, Medusa? Medusa? Odysseus said, how how was Athena not stone? Athena asked if Odysseus was even paying attention. Human hair, not snakes? Odysseus said, oh, oh, okay, 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 got it, go on. Back in the story, Athena said that she was the goddess of warfare. She assured Medusa, the human-like woman with normal hair, that she would be quite all right. Medusa obeyed and descended the hill. Athena reclined in the bath. The birds sang above and the deer she had no inclination to shoot because she wasn't Artemis would come to graze by her. This was nice. Just her in the forest, taking a bath, not a soul around... Seriously? She heard a stick crack and noticed the traveler as soon as he noticed her. He staggered back. Uh, wow. Hi. He averted his eyes. Oh, so sorry. He didn't realize she was out here. He was just out on a hike. Athena told him that he, he could look. The man obeyed and turned back to her. What's your name? Athena asked, rising from the bath and drying off. Tiresias, the man replied. He sighed. He, he said he knew what was happening here. Oh. Tiresias nodded. Yep, he had spent about, Seven years as a woman? "'She was out here because she couldn't bathe anywhere else, "'because she was a goddess. "'She was letting him look "'because it would be the last thing he ever saw, wouldn't it? "'Yes,' Athena said. "'Tiresias bowed his head. "'He didn't know how it was going to go, "'getting turned into a stag, getting turned into stone, "'or just straight-up murdered.' He asked her to please make it fast. She laid her hands on his head, and then everything went dark. She removed them, and Tiresias shook his head. Wait, was that it? It? I mean, I, I blinded you, Athena said. Tiresias knew how fickle the gods could be. Oh, no offense, by the way. Hera had him spend seven years as a woman for stepping on a snake. Not that he was complaining, he actually loved it. But she turned him back, eventually. That being said, while he liked seeing, he could think of worse things that could happen to him after today, like all the stuff that had been running through his head. He felt his way out of the pool, and Athena, surprised by the good-natured interloper, went back to her bath for about 15 minutes. "'What are you doing blinding my boy?' a woman cried from the trees. Athena said, "'Hi, did she know this middle-aged woman interrupting her bath?' With a yank on his ear, Tiresias stumbled back into the clearing. What is this? He saw me bathing, Athena said. There are consequences. Rules are rules. This is unacceptable, Tiresias' mom said. I want to speak to your manager. Athena said, okay, whoa. There was no reason to get Zeus involved. Tiresias' mom pointed to her 30-something son. She could think of two reasons her son's eyes he, that he couldn't see because of Athena. Change him back. Athena said she couldn't. She was the goddess of warfare, wisdom, and crafts. Not healing. She looked left and right. Okay. Actually, she did have an idea. She took a cloth from the bag at the water's edge and waved Tiresias over. His mom led him by the hand and Athena pulled back his pinna and cleaned one ear, then the other. Tiresias gasped. What? You're either a really bad ophthalmologist or a so-so audiologist because his problem is his eyes. That you took. Tiresias' mom's finger pointed at Athena's face. Um, I'm actually a great audiologist because his hearing is way, way better now. Right, Tiresias? Athena grinned. Tears streamed from the young man's eyes, as he collapsed on the ground. The birds. He could hear what the birds were saying. Tweeting, son. Birds birds tweet, and it's mostly worthless. The mother corrected. But Athena clarified a bit. To them, yes, it was worthless, and probably not good for their mental health. To Tiresias, now, it was everything. Birds knew the future. So now, Tiresias knew the future. I didn't ask for him to speak bird. I want his eyes back. Tiresias' mom got about halfway through saying when Tiresias cut her off, telling her that it was no use. He could see that they would not be changing the mind of a goddess. See? The man sees the future, Athena smiled. He'll be fine. He'll actually be remembered forever for this, Athena assured the mom. Tiresias' mom sighed. Okay, she understood that Athena had, in her wisdom, made the best of a bad situation. She just, there was nothing that was stronger or deeper than a mother's love for her son. That sent off an involuntary shudder in Tiresias. For some reason, that phrase, a mother's love, made him cringe now. Oof. Ha. Odysseus broke in because, because of Oedipus. Because he was the, the prophet that called Oedipus out. Athena said, interrupting, rude, but yes. Hey, I thought Tiresias got his powers from Zeus and Hera when they were having an argument over who had more fun when men and women were, you know, together, and he said women, and Hera blinded him, and Zeus consoled him with being able to see the future, and I guess also spot disgusting incest from a mile away, Odysseus said. Athena shrugged, well, who's to say who blinded Tiresias and gave him the power of prophecy? Odysseus pointed out that, uh, her? Zeus? Hera? Tiresias? uh, Tiresias' mom? Kind of a lot of people, actually. Athena asked if he could just enjoy the stories with the theme of her having to stick to rules, but finding clever ways around them. Odysseus wasn't aware that there was a theme to today's conversation. He really had a ton of work to do. So, speaking of rules... You know who didn't follow the rules in favor of sexy, sexy wisdom? Odysseus asked what he was supposed to do with that kind of lead-in. Sexy wisdom? Exactly, Athena said, and started the story anyway. We'll see all about bribing people with wisdom, but that will be right after this.
1: Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health.
0: I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because, well, what I was doing was no longer working for me.
1: All the supplements? Yeah,
0: you know, when I can no longer fit them all in one hand, it kind of feels like too many vitamins.
1: But you still want to support that whole body health. Right.
0: So, AG1. I drink AG1 in the afternoons now instead of the morning because I move my workouts later on in the day.
1: It's basically do a lot of writing, drink AG1 before working out. And it
0: makes me feel like I'm covering all my nutritional bases. Helps with my gut health, too.
1: That's important. It came down to why take a ton of different things when one scoop of powder and water once a day gives me 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food-sourced ingredients.
0: Our AG1 gets delivered every month, so as a daily habit, it's one of the easiest ones we've adopted. And with single-serve AG1 travel packs, I never miss a day, even on the road.
1: If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1. And get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase.
0: Go to drinkag1.com legends. That's drinkag1.com legends.
1: Check it out. We put a lot of effort every week into the search for better. Better stories, delivery. In the world of hiring, though, the best way to search for a candidate is actually not searching.
0: Don't search. Don't do it. Match <laughs> with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed, because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform.
1: With over 350 capital M million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data.
0: That's a ridiculous number, and yet I totally see why. As a matching engine, Indeed helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: It's faster and delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites by a recent Indeed survey.
0: 93% of employers who took it agree. I would trust that.
1: One thing I especially love about Indeed is that it brings all the hiring steps into a single place.
0: If you haven't tried to hire before, let me tell you, there is a lot that goes into it, like too many things. Yeah,
1: it's overwhelming.
0: It's slow. But were we to be hiring right now, Indeed is where we would look, where we would match.
1: And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com legends. Just go to indeed.com legends right now And support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast.
0: Indeed.com slash legends. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You realize this is rigged, right? Athena said to Hera as Paris, the Trojan prince, took the hand of Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty, what do you mean, Hera asked? Certainly not that they were going to try to bribe the Trojan prince to rule in their respective favors because with Aphrodite in the contest this whole thing was stacked against them. No, we wouldn't do that because that's that's immoral, Athena said, sitting back in her robe. Of course, yes, immoral, Hera said, and we Olympians would never do anything immoral. Athena smiled and nodded and got to work thinking up a good bribe. Now, Part of what led to the Trojan War was a chaotic and dramatic wedding where the goddess of discord, Eris, tossed a golden apple that read To the Fairest in the middle of Aphrodite, Athena, and Hera. They bumped heads reaching for it and after a lot of back and forth, Hermes had put it all together. Paris, the prince of Troy, would judge them, naked, to determine who was the fairest. It was humiliating, but none of them wanted to admit defeat, so here they were. Aphrodite returned and sat down next to Hera, as Paris called Athena. Athena disrobed and walked back. Hera turned to Aphrodite. Oh, her robe was right there. Hera thought that her time was over, so she was free to put it back on. Oh, I know, Aphrodite said. Hera grimaced. Turn, please, Paris said. He was taking his role of judge seriously having each of the Olympian goddesses spin, so he could meticulously inspect them from all angles. I'm known for my beauty, yes, Athena smiled. But she was also known for her wisdom. Wisdom was cool because no matter what else happens in your life, you keep it. You lose your money, you still have wisdom. You lose your power or strength, you still have wisdom. Wisdom will never leave you. Wisdom, it's an attribute. Athena was not a salesperson. She turned back. Paris, he looked like a distinguished gentleman who might be interested in some wisdom. Hmm? Yeah? Well, most of the time, you have to follow the rigorous rules of some stinky philosopher with a crazy beard, but if you want some wisdom... I know a certain goddess who can hook you up with some wisdom. She pointed to her own chest and mouthed a... Me. Are, Are you trying to... Bribe me with wisdom? Paris asked. Is it working? Athena replied. No. Then, <laughs> no, I was making conversation about how awesome and respected and dare I say sexy wisdom is? Like, I can throw in fighting abilities too. I'm goddess of warfare. You want to be like Batman Socrates, huh? Bacrates? Athena watched his reaction. Nope. She'll just win it outright. She'll let the other two know they lost. I'll be rendering the judgment Paris said Athena's face soured I'll kill you Athena whispered What? "As I said I, I'll I feel ya I get it I'll wait to hear the great news Athena twisted the grimace into a smile and put her robe back on Paris forced a polite smile Thanks We'll be in touch Athena passed Hera on the way out She already lost this thing. No reason to stick around to confirm it. Hope your bribe's better than wisdom, she said to the Queen of the Gods. Hera cocked an eyebrow as Athena found her armor and spear and saw herself out. Every bribe is better than wisdom. You know... I was there when you were born, according to some stories. Hephaestus leaned on his anvil. He would like to say that he wanted to help Zeus, but he was just happy to get to swing an axe at Zeus's head. And then a toddler steps out. Athena said yes. She remembered her birth. No birth is super chill, but a hairy man hacking your dad's head apart with an axe, that's something that sticks with you. And yeah, as we've talked about, Zeus had a wife before Hera, like six or seven of them, and, uh, well, he ate her after turning her into a fly when he learned that if she gave birth to a son, that son would overthrow him. A few years, maybe, later, he had a massive headache and a throbbing mass. He knew that, whatever it was, it had to come out. So, the denizens of Olympus got to fight over who was going to do emergency surgery on Dad by hacking at his head with an axe. It solved some pain, but caused a lot of other pain when toddler Athena crawled from Zeus's head. I posted an extra funny Renaissance depiction on the website. Athena said, back on track, she really, really wanted to kill this guy, Paris. But there was this war going on, and everybody was involved, so she needed, like, the best weapons. Usually, she got her weapons from her dad, Zeus. But Zeus was neutral in this war, except when he wasn't. Still, she needed something. Could Hephaestus help her out? Hephaestus said, well, like she said, there was a war on. So his work order list was long. She could get her name at the top, though. Athena said, um, okay. Bribery, she was somewhat familiar with how this worked. How did wisdom sound? I'll do it for love. Hephaestus smirked. Athena furrowed her brow. Um, okay. I, not what she expected, but it was good to know that Hephaestus enjoyed his work. She was confused. Not sure how that bribe worked, but she would take it. Hephaestus smiled at her with way too much nostril flare. She smiled back. Thank Thank you. Through the power of editing, it was later. Athena walked into Hephaestus' cave. She looked back and forth. Oh, weren't there other guys here before? The Cyclopes that worked for him? I gave them the day off, Hephaestus said, so they wouldn't be disturbed. Athena looked around. Um, okay, there was a superfluous amount of candles and flower petals in here for a forge. Smell nice. How much did she owe him for the weapons? I'm glad you like it, Hephaestus said. Put his hand on her shoulder and started undoing one side of Athena's armor. Athena slapped him and Hephaestus shook his head. Ow! Actually, really ow, that that did hurt. Can they not do that? Poseidon said that she was into that, but he really wasn't. What are you talking about? Athena barked. I said I would do it, I-E-E-G, make the armor, for love, Hephaestus grinned. Now, where were they? Nowhere, word nowhere. When you said you'd do it for love, I thought you meant that you enjoyed the work, and would do it for the love of the craft. Athena took another step back from the leering, reaching man. Ew, why would I do that with my tools? No, babe, I did it for you. Hephaestus' stumble turned into a run. Now, payment is due. Sorry, I thought that sounded really good, but it just really came off as creepy and tawdry. He lumbered into Athena, who was yelling out that the answer was no, when, well, it was no longer an issue. If you've heard the Hephaestus episode, you know what happened. The whole thing was over, but, you know... Before it began, that, oh wow, that, that's never happened to me before. Hephaestus lied. Athena grimaced. Wordlessly, she walked past him, cleaned off her leg with some wool, grabbed her weapons, and left. Hey, Mama. Athena heard one day she would remember giving birth and also had taken a vow of chastity. But there was a little snake baby calling her mama. There was obviously some mistake. She smiled politely to the snake baby and turned to face the snake baby. Oh, this kid was fast and weird. She learned the truth. The same truth that Hephaestus learned at the end of his episode. Hephaestus fathered a child with the ground that day and, reminded of his shame, didn't want anything to do with the baby. Neither did the baby's mother, who was also the baby's great-great-grandmother, I'll leave that for you to work out, Gaia. Athena learned all this when, flying around, she couldn't get anyone to care for this infant. She looked at the little writhing monster that was half-human, half-snake, she sighed. She would do right by this thing. Ten minutes later, she was in her own city, Athens, holding a rumbling, grumbling box. Yeah, so just like, never open it, Athena said to Hersey, Pendrosos, and Aglaros. They were stunned to be in the presence of their city's goddess, but Athena told them to stop it with all the bowing and groveling. She was an old friend of the family. Their dad, Kekrops, had done a favor for her in the past by naming the city after her. But yeah, super important, never open the box. She would be right back. She was just going out for, like, a pack of smokes. <laughs> and what did they do? Odysseus said. They, they opened the box, didn't they? Athena nodded. Yep. They were so freaked out by what they saw that either they jumped from the Acropolis or they were chased off by the quickly growing and very angry serpent. The serpent, by the way, did have a good life. He became the king of Athens at some point, and he's on her statue at the bottom left. I mean, Odysseus was trying to work it out, so that's like everybody she has coming into contact with that ended badly. I mean, add that to all the epic heroes that she's encouraged to go on adventures, and he looked over at Athena, who was pained about something. The uh, What's up? He asked. Athena said she, she just remembered. She just remembered what happened when she returned to her temple. We'll see Athena's greatest regret, but that will, once again, be right after this.
1: This was a big week, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. Our manuscript for our first book is due on Monday.
1: Between that and the holidays coming up, we decided to jump back on the HelloFresh train to make life easier, and wow.
0: Yeah, I think we all forgot how easy HelloFresh makes mealtime.
1: Wholesome, homemade dinners. It is so good to be back.
0: HelloFresh is making the impossible possible again, and now even busy weeknights feel like special Friday nights. We're together with our son in the kitchen, squeezing around that recipe card, knowing we have everything we need right there without having to head out last minute to the store.
1: One of several standouts this week was one pan black bean tacos. Five minutes prep, 15 minutes cooking. I can't even go pick up takeout in that little amount of time. Plus Tex-Mex paste.
0: That was chef kiss. It is chef kiss. If you can't see it. Oh,
1: and did you know that HelloFresh does more than just dinners? Easy breakfasts we are loving. 10-minute lunches with the variety and flavors I need.
0: HelloFresh gives you farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. It's easy, fun, and affordable. Go to hellofresh.com slash mythsfree and use code mythsfree, all one word, for free breakfast for life.
1: One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash MythsFree with code MythsFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. The holidays are a little bit closer now. They're coming up. And if you still have shopping to do, do not panic. You still have time to find incredible original gifts with my personal secret helper, Uncommon Goods.
0: UncommonGoods.com has something for everyone. Just ask our upstairs closet where we stash all the gifts. There's some pretty neat stuff up there right now. For mom. Check.
1: Dad. You know, I don't know who's more challenging, mine or yours.
0: Yeah, that's a toss up.
1: We have in loves, besties, maybe for you, your one and only comes to mind, or your child's teacher, a neighbor. Gift giving knows no bounds.
0: And Uncommon Goods has all the unique and creative, often handmade items by independent artists and makers that help us to be the thoughtful gift givers we want to be.
1: This year, I was thinking of a special someone in our family who grew up on a lake and misses it every day. So we found this USA made serving tray that's a layered topography, laser cut map of that specific Lake he misses—it's gorgeous. He's gonna
0: love it. Really meaningful. It's like Uncommon Goods knew exactly what we needed and what he needed.
1: To get fifteen percent off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com/legends. That's uncommongoods.com/legends for fifteen percent off.
0: Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods—we're all out of the ordinary. <laughs> Oh, you're here, Athena said to Poseidon, who stood with his back to her, in her temple. I just had like this whole thing, like an entire bee story where I had to raise a kid, well, kinda, because of what you said to Hephaestus? What are you doing, telling people what I'm into and what I'm not? Is that a joke to you? Athena barked as she strode over. You know your nephew had a son with your grandma, and I just got done raising it, once again, kind of. And it was this whole thing, and... Uh, Athena... Froze. Poseidon was standing up by the altar, but he wasn't alone. There, in front of him, a woman. She held up a shield to hide her face, but she was in tears. Poseidon stepped back and made to leave. He nodded at the young woman and then at Athena. What were you doing on my altar? Athena demanded of Poseidon, her uncle. Poseidon said, what did she think they were doing? They were young and in love, or one of those things, or neither? He made to leave, but Athena stepped in his way. Appreciate the greeting, niece. Now step aside, Poseidon commanded. Someone needs to answer for whatever just happened. Athena pointed at the Gorgon, Medusa, sitting on the floor next to the altar the shield now at her side. (laughs) And you think that's gonna be me? Poseidon looked down at his niece. Athena, the goddess of wisdom and warfare and crafts, looked to the stone floor. Yeah, that's what I thought, Poseidon said, and strode from the temple. Athena, I... Medusa started, but Athena cut her off. My temple has been defiled, and someone must be held responsible, Athena wouldn't look at the woman on the floor. Medusa started to say that she couldn't be serious. She said, no, but he he's my uncle and an Olympian. He controls 70% of the world, Athena said. Someone needed to be held responsible for defiling the temple. And it wouldn't be. It, it couldn't be. Him, Athena held up both hands and in the light and screams and chaos, Medusa didn't see the tear that fell from Athena's own eyes. The woman collapsed as her hair sprinkled from her head, her scalp pulsed with dime-sized bumps that seemed to squirm and writhe underneath in the skin until bursting forth snakes. Each new strand was a snake. People sought you for your beauty. Now they will run from you. You will be a monster that stalks the dark places of the world. Everyone you see now will turn to stone. Distraught and beside herself in pain and rage, Medusa, the Medusa that we know, crawled from the temple of Athena. For miles, until she found the sea the screams of the people were cut short as they turned to stone with a glance. Athena, that's... Odysseus sat back. I know, Athena swallowed hard. Do you, though? I mean, she didn't do anything. It wasn't her fault. Odysseus shook his head. I know, but someone had to be held responsible and it couldn't be... Poseidon, Athena looked to the ground. Why not? Odysseus asked. Really? You just spent 10 years at sea because he got mad at you and you're going to ask me that question? The gods at the top of the episode make crops decide. On Athens. Because they didn't want to rouse his anger. It couldn't be him. Athena looked over. Maybe she wondered. What would have happened if she, the goddess of warfare, had held Poseidon responsible? how things could have been different. She rubbed her eyes and turned back. She said she, in a way, she made it up to Medusa. She fixed the problem. Oh, wait, so the the story of Perseus isn't true? Odysseus wasn't following. That was a big deal for his generation and the Argonauts before him. Perseus was like the original Greek mythological hero, the only one with a happy ending. Athena stopped him. Well, happy-ish ending. It was true. She told Perseus where to find her, Medusa, and how to kill her. Pegasus sprung from her severed neck. Episodes 80, A, and B for the full story. Wait, so that was you doing the right thing? Fixing the problem? Having her murdered by an epic hero? Athena said that, look, she was not proud of it. This was one of her biggest regrets. The story of Medusa's head apparently does not end with Perseus. Perseus did have a happy ending in Greek myth, but Medusa had her revenge in the end. Perseus reigned for a long time as king of Mycenae. He kept going, though, founding Tarsus in modern-day Turkey, conquering the Medes and changing the country's name to Persia, so yeah, big resume for a second act. In yet another war, he brought out his not-so-secret weapon, Medusa's head, which even in death could turn things to stone. We're not told why it didn't work. Maybe he was just pointing it at a different angle, or people were squinting because of the sun. But Perseus was having a difficult time seeing himself, his eyesight having deteriorated later in life. Doing the mythological equivalent of looking down the barrel of a loaded gun, elderly Perseus turned Medusa's head to face him, and while his eyesight was bad, it wasn't that bad. Medusa, finally, after all those years had her revenge on the one who killed her, turning him to stone. Perseus's kids, in possession of a new, squinting, elderly Mr. Magoo Perseus statue and a mythological superweapon, did the only reasonable thing you can do with an artifact that can turn people to stone, even by accident. They burned it immediately and destroyed it. Wow. See, I always thought that he had a happy ending, Odysseus said. That meant that hopefully... Maybe he, Odysseus, was the only one. Then, I mean, that last bit is from the Suda, a 10th century Byzantine encyclopedia. But it's, you know, a nice wrap-up to the story of Medusa, Athena said. Maybe it was good for Athena, god of war and all that, Odysseus said, trying to change the subject, but Athena cut him off. She wasn't the god of war. That was Ares. Odysseus said, yeah, but you, like, you do a lot of war and... Wait, what? Athena... Happy herself to be moving on from Medusa said, yeah, Ares, man, what? He's just the worst. Everyone is always saying that we should get along. I'm totally different from him. Athena grumbled. Odysseus said that he was totally happy to help Athena hash out her feelings for sure. Um, He just wanted to be sure that none of this would come back on him. As she knew, he just got back from a thing where the gods were fighting amongst themselves, and he was caught in the middle of it, and yada yada yada, he was still finding body parts in his main hall. She seemed to be venting about a lot of powerful gods today. Could she make sure no one would witness him taking part in her little venting session? Athena patted him on the shoulder and aged him in an instant, so he was unrecognizable. Odysseus froed his brow, that's... better? Athena continued, it was just her and Ares, she was the goddess of wisdom. Yeah, but you can see how people will get you too confused, he's the god of war, you're a god of war, Odysseus shrugged. I'm the goddess of warfare, Athena corrected, also of wisdom and crafts. Odysseus wins, handicraft, yeah, he remembered Arachne from episode 165, also not Athena's best look. Still, people could be forgiven for confusing her and Ares. I represent the moral struggle and military, the intellectual and civilized side of war, Athena continued, as they relate to justice and skill and training. Ares is literally one note. Killing, just bloodlust, massacre. Odysseus, having been through the horrors of war for ten years, and then having to kill all the guys trying to get with his wife, didn't say that there was probably more overlap between Athena and Ares than the former cared to admit. The concept of civilized war seemed like something more of an ideal, like what people wrote about in poems. And having spent a decade engulfed in war, he didn't really want to relitigate the finer points of human slaughter. He did not say these things, but instead nodded thoughtfully. I'm the heroic martial ideal. I'm good counsel, prudent restraint, good strategy and practical insight. Encyclopedia Britannica, Retrieve 2023. Odysseus realized this for what it was. His friend still needing to work through her feelings and sometimes just voicing them out loud was enough and just hearing them was a way for him to be a friend. Athena sighed. She said she felt better for talking through things and thanked Odysseus for listening. She finally... Asked how things were between him, Penelope, and Telemachus. And if he ever felt like going out there, on the sea, and seeking adventure. Like the Tennyson poem. Odysseus laughed. Uh, hard no on that one. He spent 20 years wanting to come back home. He was never leaving again. Athena rose. Good. That's good. Well, she should be going. Odysseus pointed to his old man self. Athena laughed. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. She changed him back to his younger, middle-aged self. Odysseus said that while she was at it, he pointed to the growing bald spot on the back of his head. There was a flash of light, and Odysseus, sweeping back his curly, thick, John Snow hair, said nice. Then he heard a noise to his left. He spun and turned, and Telemachus! His son looked behind him. Hey, is that... Mentus? Hi, a voice grumbled behind Odysseus. Mentes. Odysseus asked. Telemachus looked at his dad and his dad's friend. It was good they could catch up. You know, Mentis had found him while his dad was gone. He was Odysseus' old friend, right? Mentis told Telemachus to travel around and see the kings to get news about his dad, and then come back and murder all the suitors. Did he now? Odysseus turned. He said, well, it was about time for Mentes to go. No, we should have him over for dinner, Telemachus said. Mente's protested, but the son of Odysseus and Penelope wouldn't take no for an answer. As they walked back, Odysseus thought, you know, that old friend they were talking about, the one that sometimes spurred heroes on to dangerous and terrible fates, turned undeserving people into monsters, blinded hikers. Well, everyone made mistakes, even big, horrible ones they'll never forget but it wasn't too late to change. And as for you, Mentes, Odysseus turned to the Olympian in the form of an elderly man. Why don't you come around more? Telemachus, Penelope, and I would love to have you. Athena nodded at her old friend, her old man jowls reeling up into a smile. Telemachus laughed. (laughs) Turning people into monsters, luring heroes on dangerous quests to grisly ends, that sounded like Athena. Odysseus looked over to the scowling Mentes in panic. Telemachus didn't mean it. Please don't send Odysseus back out there. Please. Mentes laughed, threw her arms around Odysseus and Telemachus, and the three walked back home. Just so you know, Athena talking about a smattering of events from her life not previously covered or only partially covered on the Myths and Legends podcast, that event is not canonical for Greek myth. I originally had them talking in just one segment, but I enjoyed the dynamic so much, and miss our boy OD, as no one calls him, that I kept it as something of a framing narrative for the whole episode. Next week, we're back in the Viking sagas, and then it's Korean folklore before finishing out 2023 with The Monkey King. The creature this week is Hyena Man, from Mali, in West Africa. For pretty much my whole life, I've been under the impression that hyenas are... kinda like angry, laughy, small dogs. They are very much not. I read that they're actually somewhat closer to cats than dogs, and they can get up to 180 pounds. I put a link to a bunch of pictures of guys in Nigeria with hyenas as performers, and hyenas are like dogs if they were the size of lions, and also not really dogs. Hyena men are if humans were also hyenas. They're also called wear hyenas, but it's not as simple as a humanoid hyena. These guys have two faces, a human face and a hyena face. The human face is to put you at ease. And if you're talking to someone and you notice a separate shaggier head underneath their hood that finds things just absolutely hilarious, maybe run because while hyena men are usually scavengers, they love a fresh meal that's not maggot-ridden rotten flesh. They're straight-up evil too. They carry knives that are named to mean God's enemy, and after ransacking nurseries for a snack, they'll carry children off singing, there's no God today, we can please ourselves. You become a hyena by eating human flesh, so, you know, avoid that if you can. Or in Somalian legend, by rubbing yourself with a magic stick at nightfall. You spot one by, yes, the telltale second head, or you smell one because they smell like an actual hyena. To trap it, all you need is, apparently, a beautiful friend to use as bait. They become briefly hypnotized by lust and can be ambushed. Though, you know, be careful, because hyena men, like regular hyenas, are extremely smart. And using a friend or a loved one as bait feels like it could go sideways really fast. That's it for this week. Myths and Legends is by Jason and Carissa Weiser. Our theme song is by Broke for Free, and the Creature of the Week music is by Steve Combs. There are links to even more of the music we used in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening,
2: and we'll see you next time. Selling a little, or a lot,